Hey everybody, welcome to the Eat Right with Laura podcast. My name is Laura Rockhouse and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. Welcome to the show tonight. The topic is 12 things you're eating that are causing brain fog. So I was recently asked by the folks at Mind Body Green to write a blog on this. So I thought uh, while I'm writing the blog, I might as well do a a podcast. So here we are. Um, So let's get started. So what is really the cause of brain fog? So brain fog is the time of day when the sugar from your blood is not getting into your brain. So how does your body make energy? So one of the ways that it makes energy is when you eat a carbohydrate-rich meal or any carbs, the carbohydrates are broken down into glucose. That glucose, in order for you to think and not feel like you're in a fog, that glucose has to get into the brain by penetrating the blood-brain barrier and then it gets metabolized and you make energy. And that's how you feel well enough to think. However, there are certain things that you eat <clears throat> that prevent enough glucose from getting into your bl- brain. And what are these foods? These are foods that have a very high glycemic index. That means they're foods that raise your blood sugar levels to very, very high levels and then they plummet immediately. So what happens is when the blood sugar goes really, really high and then drops, I mean, you'll feel great in the short term for maybe about 30 minutes, but then after about an hour, you'll, you'll start to feel awful. And then you'll start to feel like you can't even think. So what are some of these foods that you're eating that have a very high glycemic index? So these are foods like I'm gonna, so your glycemic index, by the way, uh, goes from zero to 100. It's a numerical index. All right, so white bread has a glycemic index of 100. Now, believe it or not, there are other foods that are even higher, have an even higher glycemic index than white bread, so higher than 100. And those are foods like baked potato and white rice, so very high glycemic index. Other foods that have high glycemic index, something that's obvious is, say, a candy bar. Uh, That's pretty obvious. Um, Fruit juices, so anything that's sweetened with added sugar, uh, these are like things like I used to drink as a kid, like high C. Uh, something else, uh, other things that are highly sweetened that have lots of added sugar are canned fruits. So if you're going to eat some fruit from a can, then make sure it's not doesn't have added sugar. Look for the words that say with no added sugar. So while I do like fruit, because fruit has fiber, which delays that absorption of the sugar, there are some uh, forbidden fruits uh, because they have a very high glycemic index. And the number one high glycemic index fruit is pineapple. So all of my patients for which I'm managing their blood sugar levels, I probably remove the pineapple from their diets. 
Now some other foods that you may not think have a high glycemic index but actually do are those granola bars. So while some granola bars might be okay, uh, others aren't so great. So look for the number of grams of sugar in your granola bar before selecting. So select those granola bars wisely. Now, another food that you would not recognize of, as having a high glycemic index is oatmeal. So while oatmeal is high in fiber, if you eat enough of it, it does have a very high glycemic index. So just be careful. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to tell you how to eat your oatmeal so that it doesn't have a high glycemic index. Now, something else that you would think is probably healthy for you, but not really when it comes to glycemic index, are baked beans. So those cans of baked beans, they are loaded with sugar. So unless you're making them yourself from scratch, um, try to avoid the baked beans. Uh, another fake healthy food is dried fruit, like dried apricots, super high in sugar. I'm all about eating fresh apricots uh, and fresh figs, for that matter, but stay away from the dried fruit. They are dried by applying lots and lots of sugar to them. And of course, pasta is very high glycemic index. And some of the sweetened yogurts. So some yogurts you think have a are, are very healthy for you. Not always. So always read labels. Turn the containers around. Look for the label and look for the number of grams of sugar and the number of grams of carbohydrates. So my... Um, you know, my, my rule of thumb is that if it has, say, more than 10 grams of sugar per serving, then that's a lot of sugar. However, there are some of these foods that, even though they do have a high glycemic index, you can still eat them, but you have to eat them in a certain way. For instance, a baked potato. Whenever you add fiber to your high glycemic index food, that will slow the absorption of the sugar. So serving a baked potato with broccoli, great idea. Even white rice, if you're gonna serve white rice, you can serve it with some vegetables, some something very woody, also like broccoli, although rice and broccoli, I'm not sure if that's such a great combination, but just think of any, any other vegetables like, um, Squash with white rice is very good. Uh, of course, my preference my preference is to eat brown rice, and in the best case scenario, eat quinoa, which is something that's in the in the rice category, but not quite. A, a quinoa is a grain that has a very high protein content. It has the highest known protein content of any known grain. So in some circles, quinoa is considered to be a protein, not even a grain. All right, so all these things, if you can just stick with a low glycemic index food and uh, what do I consider low glycemic? Anything that has a, a glycemic index of say 50 or lower is considered low glycemic index. If you come to the office, come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, go onto the website www.eaglerock.com and book an appointment and I will craft out a low glycemic index meal plan for you. That's pretty much my modus operandi here. I 
more often than not um, develop low glycemic index meal plans for most of my patients so that the blood sugar is not rising so precipitously and plummeting. All right, because this is what happens. The, the blood sugar plummets and then you're left feeling hungry again. And so what happens is rather than waiting till a normal meal time, say four hours after you've eaten a meal, you will feel like, I can't think now, I'm going to go get something to eat. And what happens that whatever you're eating is going to raise your blood sugar again before you can completely metabolize your first meal. So you really have to learn how to eat, say, four hours apart, eating foods that don't raise your blood sugar. All right. And when you get accustomed to doing that, you'll feel that you can get through the day uh, thinking like like you're not in a, in a fog. Um, sometimes, however, even when you are eating healthfully, maybe at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you might feel a little brain fog coming on. Uh, that's just the delay. That's just, you know, the time span between, say, your breakfast or late late breakfast and after you know after lunch you know probably four hours after a meal you may be feeling a little brain fog because your blood sugar is finally going down but if it is a four hours then it actually is time to start eating another meal the problem with even eating mini meals i'm not even a fan of eating small meals say two or three hours apart because when you eat like that right you're constantly promoting the production of insulin so anytime your blood sugar goes up in order for the blood sugar to come down right your pancreas needs to secrete insulin which is a hormone that takes the sugar out of the blood and brings it to your muscles so that you can do work and to your brain so that you can think right so that that's the hormone that prevents you from having the brain fog this constantly asking your pancreas to secrete insulin, eventually you will become insulin resistant. Your pancreas will secrete the insulin, but the insulin will not work. And that's what happens in the stages of diabetes or in prediabetes. So let's avoid that. So come to the office. I'll show you how to eat a low glycemic ind index meal. All right, there's another thing that can cause brain fog that does have to do with what you're eating. All right now, you know that vitamins and minerals are critical for the way this your cells are functioning. And uh, in this podcast, I'm really only going to mention one vitamin in particular that's really important for the metabolism of glucose in your brain, and that's thiamine, also better known as vitamin B1. All right, when you have a deficiency of thiamine, you might be susceptible to cognitive problems, uh, chronic brain fog, and this is something that we see in older adults who become hypometabolic, meaning that the thiamine is not helping them produce glucose in the brain, and this is definitely something that we see in neurological disorders like Alzheimer's disease. Um, other conditions that correlate with thymin deficiencies are heavy drinking and alcoholism. So uh, people that are heavy drinkers uh, 
actually suffer from many vitamin and mineral deficiencies because alcohol is a solvent that prevents the, the vitamins and minerals from getting into the, the system. And um, a sign of a thiamine deficiency, if you're not really sure, but a sign of a thiamine deficiency is edema, when the legs are swollen, uh, when the body is filling with fluid. So that's a sign of a thiamine deficiency that can lead to um, cognitive decline and perpetual brain fog. So if you're at all interested in knowing whether you actually have a thiamine deficiency, I'm very happy to report that Eagle Rock Nutrition now offers nutrient panel testing that includes an analysis of nearly all your critical vitamins, many of the B vitamins, uh, vitamin D, uh, and all those good things. So come in and you can get your nutrients tested. It's a very, very simple test. Um, one more thing that might contribute to brain fog is just being dehydrated, um, either not drinking enough water or not eating enough um, foods that have a high water activity, such as fruits and vegetables, right? Or um, sweating a lot if you're a heavy sweater. If you're an athlete and you're a heavy sweater, you might be dehydrated. And if you're dehydrated, the nutrients that you need to help you make energy in your brain uh, will not be absorbed. And when, the, when your cells get dehydrated, they can die. So being dehydrated is definitely something that can contribute to brain fog. So to reverse the dehydration, uh, you either need to drink lots of water, about eight cups a day minimum, or eat more foods like fruits and vegetables that have a high water activity, or maybe it's just the balance of your sodium and potassium that needs to be adjusted. And in that case, I recommend consuming um, a healthy electrolyte drink. So um, at Eagle Rock Nutrition, I have some nice electrolyte products. Um, when you're in a pinch, coconut water should do the trick. Now, I've been talking about how our body uses glucose to make energy. Your body also uses fats uh, to make energy. As a matter of fact, if you didn't know this, when you are at rest, you are burning more fat than you are burning carbs or glucose. You use glucose when you're moving or when you're exercising. But when you're at total rest, you're typically relying on fat stores for energy. So fats are broken down and they make what's called ketones. And ketones readily penetrate the blood-brain barrier. They get right into the brain, and they're a very efficient source of energy. And this is why people who follow a ketogenic diet, which is a very, very low carbohydrate, so you're not relying on carbohydrates almost at all for energy. You're relying exclusively on fats to make energy. So this, this is what's called nutritional ketosis. So you follow a diet that promotes the production of ketones, um, very good for making energy in the brain. We um, promote these kinds of diets for people who suffer from brain disorders, epilepsy, autism, even in elderly Alzheimer's disease patients. 
However, I must have to say, I have to be honest, uh, ketogenic diet is not for the faint of heart. It's very, very difficult to follow. So uh, if you're interested in following a ketogenic diet, come see me at Eagle Rock Nutrition. Just book an appointment at the website, eaglerock.com, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com, and I'll help you with that. But something else that I found recently that's really jazzing me are exogenous ketones. They're ketones that you drink, uh, that you can drink the ketones while you're still consuming carbohydrates. And because of the nature of the way they are prepared, and an example of a ketone is beta-hydroxybutyrate. That's something that uh, is your your fats are converted to beta-hydroxybutyrate. Beta and uh, this kind of a ketone body is very efficient for making ATP. When I drink the ketones, I instantly, within a minute, I feel like I've just woken up. Uh, they do not have a stimulating effect, so no effects on the body or the heart. They just make you feel like you just woke up from a long nap and you're ready to do lots of fun work. So uh, you can also come to see me if you're interested in uh, learning how to use uh, ketones uh, while you're still eating carbohydrates. Uh, and finally, the other thing that I think will really help you uh, to avoid brain fog is to just make sure that you have a healthy gut. All right. So your gut, which is your lar large intestine, is full of bacteria that take care of you. All right. These bacteria uh, help you produce some vitamins and minerals that make your cells work well. They also produce hormones and neurotransmitters that help you think re and regulate how you feel. So when you have a healthy gut with good bacteria growing in your large intestine, you will feel that you you will feel, you know, much better. You'll feel like you can think. You'll avoid those periods of brain fog. So how can you ensure a healthy gut? By feeding the good bacteria that live in your gut the food that they like. The good bacteria do not eat sugar, and they do not eat processed carbohydrates. They eat things like leafy greens and oats and garlic and onions and asparagus and Brussels sprouts. So you have to feed the good bacteria with the food that they like. Because if you don't give them food that they like, they will start to eat you. All right, and if you know already that you don't have a healthy gut, you may even have to take a probiotic. All right, and if you need a recommendation on, on a probiotic, uh, let me know. Go to the website, ask, send me a question. Well, my email address is eaglerock at comcast.net. All right, and ask, you know, what would, what would I recommend? I don't recommend the same probiotic to all of my patients. I ask a few probing questions, and then based on the answers, that's how I recommend my probiotic. So there you have it, folks. Uh, 12 things you're eating that cause brain fog. Basically, anything with a very high glycemic index, the white bread, the white potato, the white rice, the candy, the juice, the canned fruit, the granola bars, the high sugar fruit, pineapples, oatmeal even, um, baked beans, so beans in a can, uh, dried fruit and pasta, and sugar-sweetened yogurts. That's 12 things that cause your uh, blood sugar to go up, crash 
digestion burn, brain fog. All right, so make sure that you're getting enough uh, fiber, fruits and vegetables, eat whole grains that also have fiber, and you can avoid the periods of brain fog. So thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Eagle Rock Nutrition, please go to uh, the website, uh, eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. You could also learn a lot about nutrition by following me on Twitter at Eagle Rock, uh, liking my Facebook posts, the Eagle Rock Nutrition Facebook posts, and I now have an Instagram feed, uh, Eagle Rock underscore nutrition. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Talk to you next week. Have a good night.